0: You know, a lot of things. Um, you know, it just was not one of our cleaner games. Too many mistakes, uh, penalties, missed opportunities, missed throws, drops. You know, just not playing sound football. You know, I think we were just so inconsistent. It was hard to get in a rhythm. It feels like it feels like all the close plays, like we didn't make that you you need to get some momentum back in games, and it seemed like all of those we just weren't able to make today. You know, we gotta watch this tape and really learn from it because there's a lot on there that we gotta clean up and get better from. It was just. Walking off the field, you feel like we missed so many opportunities and left a lot out there and really just shot ourselves in the foot over and over.
1: 1010XL 10, 10 92.5 FM presents... Jaguars Today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, Jeff Lagerman, and Oh, my pocket! Dylan Denmark.
2: All right, good morning, everybody. It is a Check the Tape Tuesday. Logs in the house. Pat, Tony, Dylan Denmark, Mike Dempsey all here with you. And uh, let me do something I don't usually do. Let's start the show, Tony, with a 10-10 take. 10-10. 10-10 take.
1: Now, Mike Dempsey's 10-10 take. Brought to you by JNM Roofing Jacksonville, your storm restoration specialists. Times are
2: tough. Jags season is spiraling out of control. At least that's the way some people feel. It's uh, you know just it, it, what's going on. We can't get it right. Everything we thought was good is not good anymore. And then you step back for one second. And I'm not saying that makes the Jags any better than they are at this moment. But had the Jags found a way to win one of the last two games they'd be playing for the number one seed again on Sunday Night Football because of the carnage. When you look around, you go, why can't the Jags beat so-and-so? Why can't the Jags? The the Cleveland Browns were a playoff team at home. At least they're in the playoff picture right now. They were at home where they've allowed 10 or 11 points a game up until this week. Jags scored nearly 30. Contrast that with the Miami Dolphins, who were at home versus Tennessee last night with a 14-point lead with five minutes to go. And blew that game and still haven't beaten a good team on their schedule all year long. The NFL is wide open. At least the AFC is right now. There's some top-heavy teams in the NFC. I'd love to have a chance to match up with one of them in February. Let's worry about that then. Good morning, Jeff Loggeman. How are you? Good. I mean, look, man. Prosser laid it out this morning. Six out of eight division winners lost this
3: weekend Mm -hmm. around the NFL. Does everyone suck? (laughs) <laughs> or I mean, right? I mean, cause I mean the, Kansas City's two and four in their last six. Are they? They're two and four, right? And they've lost yeah.
2: three out of their last four. Yeah, right. No, no question about it. Miami. Every time they played a good team, has gotten beaten down. Now they're getting losing to bad teams. I mean, take Tyree Kill out for half the game, and their
0: offense can't score. His wife uh, should have been able to contact him on the sideline <laughs> in the first half. Maybe it would have been different. Maybe so. I mean, look, yeah. I- I'm glad he's okay. Fantasy
2: playoffs are coming, Logs. but I mean, <laughs> we got to have our priorities straight. But in, in all, again, we bury the Jags, and I think rightfully so. They've got deficiencies. There's no question. It's hard for me to envision them beating four good teams consecutively right now. But they don't have to do that right now.
0: No. they got to focus on the Baltimore Ravens this week. I, every team has, has some kind of issue. You know, I, I mean, with the exception of right now, I think the people look at the Dallas Cowboys and say, "Well, they're really rolling." And then also San Francisco, wow, they're really rolling. Did, they did you see what ratings. happened when Dallas played San Fran? <laughs> yeah, forty-two got, to ten. Dallas got hammered, right? Yeah, so like we did, everybody, like Philly did. <laughs> everybody's going to have a day like that, and everybody's going to have a day where they feel great about themselves. And you know, that's I, I think the NFL has—I don't want to say it's always been open, but it's—it's it's more open this year, I think, than in the past year because. Kansas City, who has been really the standard bearer for, for excellence in the National Football League over the last couple of years, has lost some personnel, key personnel, and they're not what they were. No. No. And, I, I mean, again, it just so happens we're playing the one team in the
2: AFC that did take care of business, uh, you know, and with the Baltimore Ravens
0: uh, playing. Well, but even they you know, even, went to overtime, overtime. overtime. At, home. Yeah, yeah, right at, at home. Even watching that game, you sit there and you and you and when you watch the game and you watch the film on them, you go – they're not without holes either. No, uh, the Rams ran the ball against them very well. The Rams scored a lot of points on them. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Stafford had a pretty strong day. I mean, Kyron Williams, by the way, is one of the unsung oh. running backs of the national. Boy, Football was he good League. in like, that game. He yeah. has been great. God, he was oh, good in that game. Mike.
2: Yeah, I don't know if he's had a bad game this year. Honestly, I mean, he when he's he missed played, a good he's chunk. been great. Yeah, right.
3: and we don't know the long-term ramifications if a guy like Kyle Hamilton isn't able to play. Right, in that Baltimore secondary, but that's a guy who's been a playmaker for them all season long. If they're going to be without him, you know, short term, which it looks like he's likely not to play this week, we'll see if he's able to play this week. But that guy, that's a big loss on the back end for
0: Baltimore. uh, Kyle Hamilton, the safety from Notre Dame, you're talking about. I remember watching this college film and I was going, you know, he's kind of long, and, you know, and I know that people are projecting him to maybe play more than just safety. I was like, no way. I mean, he just doesn't have enough short area quickness. And he proved me totally wrong. I mean, he's a guy that's so versatile that can play nickel much like Antonio yeah. Johnson. Yeah. You know? we got our own uh, yeah, lengthy We kind of we do. Guy. We, we kind of do have our own guy there. Yeah. Uh, but Kyle Hamilton is a wonderful player, and he really makes our defense. And if you went back and you redrafted that draft, he's one of the guys with that without a doubt would be in the top three.
2: Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Well, uh, we got Jeff Loggeman here with us. It is a Check the Tape Tuesday. So, I just want to – I'm not saying the Jags are better than the record indicates or anything like that, but just be aware – it's not the only team, they're not the only team going through a lot of the similar stuff around the NFL right now. Fan bases all around the NFL are questioning, why can't we win a big primetime game? Why can't we? Seriously, right? I mean, yeah. it's, so you're not that far off the mark. And when you realize, like, a lot of these teams are getting handled right now. Uh, in the case of Miami, it was down to the wire. But, I mean, how do you, first of all, they're gifted those last 14 points. Muff punt. Center exchange gone wrong, or mm-hmm. or the 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 hand gone wrong. Back to back plays where Tennessee touched it, handed it right to Miami like in the red zone,
0: ten and twelve yards away or something. Bam, like that. bam, yeah. right
2: there, Mostert, Mostert, and yeah. and then so Tennessee who scored thirteen points in fifty five minutes scores fifteen in the final five mm. to beat them. It was uh, I'd never rooted that hard for the Titans yeah, he, in my here, life. Here's the deal: <laughs>
0: you, you got four weeks to go, and you always want to go into the playoffs hot. So you got four weeks to right the ship. More to get things as best as in the best shape possible going into the playoffs, and I think the Jaguars have a chance because they have. First of all, you have a quarterback who this past week proved that he's a tough guy and he's willing to sacrifice for his teammates, and I think that speaks volumes for him. And you've got to get your defense right. You got to you got to eliminate the big plays that are really spoiling. Your performance overall, and then offensively, you've got to stop having these self-inflicted slash, uh, I guess you could say, performance issues that are controllable. Yeah. Uh, you got to clean them things up, and uh, and then you got to get a little bit healthy on yeah. offense.
2: I saw somebody saying the Jags relied on they were relying on the big splash play too much. I'm like, what did how did Cleveland? Do anything. They had three big splash that, plays that it. in mean, the game.
0: They, the big plays. I mean, that's what killed the Jaguars' defensive performance.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, th- three guys completely wide open. And, uh, did, you know, three almost gave it to them touchdowns on those. So, anyway, uh, we can dissect it from any angle you like today. If you want to get in with a question or a comment Jaguar-related, 641 1010 on the Oprah roofing phone line. Same number for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. You can hit us up on social media with your questions or comments for Jeff Loggman at MD underscore 1010XL, at 1010XL Fat Tony, at Logs56, and at 1010XL Denmark. Hold my pocket. Hey, you buying breakfast this week, Dylan? That'd be a negative. That would be a big negative. Nice job, <laughs> buddy. All right. Uh, that would be me Who's with buying? a bullet. Was yeah.
3: that you, Tony? Oh, my gosh. My, it was miserable. We're, we're thinking right. of going the
2: Glengarry Gary-Glen Ross route. Uh, Pockets wins a Cadillac. I get a set of steak knives. Everybody else is fired. That's just it. <laughs> it's just, uh, uh, Tony, Tony had a bad week going, and his final guy to try to pull it out, Tyreek Hill, yeah. misses half the game well, last I, night.
3: In, in defense of it, I only needed like 40 from him last night to help me pull it out. That's how bad my week had right. been. But Oof. if you had one guy playing last night that could have got that, no doubt, that's the, that's guy. the guy. That's yeah. the guy that oh, yeah. could
2: have done it for you. And uh, that how many times early. does
0: a guy get forty in a week? Uh, He's done it once this year already. Yeah, maybe Only maybe once. five yeah. times yeah, for, in the say, league for the whole year. Hard. Five
2: five to ten, yeah. you know, depending. A few quarterbacks will get there. Yeah. Uh, rushing quarterbacks in particular. Yeah. Heck, I played in a league logs in a playoff matchup this week where Dallas's kicker scored thirty-eight against me. Yeah, a sixty, a fifty-nine, a fifty, a forty-five. Guys haven't missed yet. Okay,
0: so uh, you know, you know me. I'm not a fantasy guy. So, getting, you get like six for a 60, six points. Okay, for so a 60 you get more, more points the longer the field goal. Yes, yes. I yes. like, I like that. That's Absolutely.
2: Nice. Like, yeah. like it'll be like if thirty-four might be worth three point four, right? Because okay. we do fractional scoring yeah. and all this stuff. Yep. So anyway, guy hung thirty-eight on me with his kicker. <laughs> I beat him. But, hey, it can happen. All right, uh-huh. so uh, some get some crazy scoring. All right, we're done with the fantasy talk. Let's get to the fantasy of the Jags never losing again. All right, uh, let's talk. Check the tape Tuesday. This is Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL
1: 92.5 FM. Don't rock the jukebox. Jeff Loggeman Tuesday on Jaguars Today is brought to you by, by Mr. Sparky by the of the First Coast, your on-time little electrician little on 1010XL. And
2: this is early 90s. It's got to be because I know the lyrics. Yes, got to hear some Jones, some George Jones with that steel guitar. Come on, Logs.
0: You're belting it out, man. I am. I
2: do know this one. I didn't know what Pockets was going to drag in off the playlist this morning, uh, but there you go. Logs, many people asking about how close it got to you and Pacelli going over the top huh. ring rope this week. Okay, here's some uh, from Bush Drive Rich. We heard about the trouble the booth was having with the unruly Browns fans. I want to thank you for not handling the situation the Duval way, but you should have kicked their a. Uh, what was
0: going on, man? Uh, well, the uh, the booth location, great location, and uh, essentially the there was a row of seating that you could almost re- literally I could reach forward and touch the top of their heads if they were standing up. You know, so pretty close, and uh, and look. We actually have more than just that booth that's like that in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and most of the time people are very respectful. You're trying to do a job and mm-hmm. and uh and in this particular case, uh Cleveland's fans were uh a bunch of a-holes mm-hmm. uh, okay. in front of us. And and I think a lot of it had to do with the amount of alcohol that was being consumed out in front of us. It was a lot. These guys, Shocking. These guys were drinking a lot. <laughs> you know, and you, you know, at first, you know, you're just like, yeah, you know, okay, it's great. You know, you kind of just put a smile on your face and, you know, and you just look the other way. And then after a while, when Cleveland scored, all of a sudden a beer can came. Flying so up it was a can, was it can. like half full? Like it was, it had lots of liquid in it. Did it? it. it okay, it could have hurt somebody. I,
2: I heard you got like I'm trying to picture because, of course, you remember the infamous beer bottle right. incident in the right. 90s, right? right? Where they they, you know, which is basically why you can't buy a beer with a cap, a bottle with a cap, mm-hmm. right? And they're gonna open everyone that they give to you, uh, so you can't seal that up and make it a projectile that you know and uh, yeah. Um, anybody see that? That guy just carry on? That's his normal life well, in, in I, Cleveland? I,
0: I saw the general direction where it came from. Uh-huh. So, in other words, in the proximity of about three or four people, okay? And when you evaluate those three or four people, two of them were hammered. Right. Okay, and one of the guys, Baselli uh, called him summer teeth. He had some teeth going this way, some going that way, oh. and some weren't even there. Okay. And then his buddy, <laughs> uh, I would just call him Mullet, uh, because he had one of the best mullets you ever seen. Summer teeth and mullet, and uh, <laughs> the Adventures of you know, and, and obviously, if you know, you know, in a professional setting like that, look, you know, we have a job to do, and we're trying to do our job, but then all of a sudden, okay, now you you start to do that, then you've crossed the line. I'd
2: run that guy so fast.
0: So, uh, so I was trying to encourage them to come on up, right? You know, because you know, look, I'm going to be. I want to have the self-defense mechanism. Sure, you know. Sure, and I want to keep the high ground, you know, because they got to climb into the right, booth. Exactly, right. Exactly right. Try to climb over the front of the booth. Right. Are you trying to? Climb, and we punch down it, on yeah, you. Yeah, you're going to get hammered.
2: Yes. Yeah, so, you know?
0: but uh, but yeah. Anyway, we uh, we contacted security after the beer can came up. And yeah, that's a step too far, right? It's not you're not being yeah, you a wimp and try like right. you don't
2: throw projectiles. No.
0: At people, no, and you're not funny, and and I was asking him if he needed some gift cards to a dentist, you know, just to oh. encourage him to come up. And, <laughs> Missed that on the broadcast, <laughs> you know, would have uh, been nice. Commercial breaks, you yeah, know, of course, and uh, yeah, got, we
2: got some great dentist sponsors on this uh, station. <laughs> we could we could have helped out. All right, well, anyway, we wanted to. The, the worst of it, though, make sure
0: you're okay. Next to our booth, uh, you know, the, to the left of our booth was the coaching booth for the Cleveland Browns, and so and that you know you can't see into that booth. Uh, where I'm on the right side and there's a, a glass wall and then it goes into the seating and that like kind of like a uh, club seating, suite seating. Okay. And there's this little 10 year, 11 year old kid just giving me the loser sign and pounding on the wall and giving me the loser sign. <laughs> and you know, and I just, you know, I just, Hey, I'm keeping an eye on you uh-huh. joking around yeah, yeah. at first figuring he'd calm down, but he was just like, Relentless.
2: I'll be honest. I kind of respect that. And, it, and right? I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> yeah, the L. I thought you might. Say, you're going to tell me the the middle finger, but the L. You know, like, don't tell me we wouldn't think that kid is full Duval if he was here in Jacksonville well, doing that. The so. worst
0: part is, is that he's kind of crossing the line when you start pounding on the glass. Uh, all right, okay. All right. You know, we're, we're, we're working. You know, you don't need sure, to. Be doing okay. It. So all I right. looked. I looked at his at his dad, or I guess soon was his dad, and I looked at him. I was like, "Really? I mean, you're you're going to let him do that?" And he was, then he kind of pushed the. The young and away, and then two seconds later, the dad goes back to drinking somewhere. Right. The kid goes back to pounding <laughs> on the glass and give me the loser sign. And, and 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 here's the thing: they're they're open. I'm open. And I was sitting there going, I wonder what he would do if I just reached around the corner of that post when he wasn't looking and grabbed, just grabbed him. him. Yeah, by the right, scruff of the neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Who you knows? Uh, but might, it was fun. I mean, bit with, you. The, with the kid. It was fun, but but the the, the yeah. drunks that were down in
2: front, n- n- no. All right, yeah. uh, well, Cleveland, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. I mean, they got to live there, 365. You That's know,
0: what Paselli kept telling them.
2: Right, exa- Right. We're going back Pacelli's to the Paselli's like, are you guys just not
0: happy because you live in Cleveland? Could be that,
1: <laughs> could be that. All right, let's
2: get to the calls uh, as they're stacking up right now on a Check the Tape Tuesday. Let's start with Dean on the south side first up today with Jeff Logman. Dean, good morning.
0: Yeah, let's get your perspective on the uh, injuries we're seeing, though. You know,
2: with uh, – trying to you know make the game a little more friendly as far as uh, hits
0: and go and things like that what do you think about the uh, injuries and, and
2: being able to every team seems to be uh, set with injuries The latest with Herbert getting his finger broken and you know Jacks with their injury issues in Cleveland I mean do you think this uh,
0: trying to make the game safer is not it doesn't seem to be helpful with the injuries well it's football Dean I mean it's look at uh, injuries have been happening for, happening for years I mean that's just part of the game and you deal with it and try to you know patch it up and keep going but it's no more this year I don't think than in previous years now maybe the one position group of quarterbacks maybe have been impacted a little Mm -hmm. bit more this year maybe than in years past but it's almost like it's a a merry-go-round you know every year maybe one year it might be running backs another year it might be offensive linemen you know this year I think it's just more at the quarterback position maybe than it has been in recent times. You can't take injuries out of this
2: game, man. but you can no, try to eliminate certain kinds. Like last night, Tyreek Hill got hurt on a horse collar tackle. It was plain as day, it, you know, and it was the hip drop. It was the mm. horse collar hip drop combo. They haven't outlawed the hip drop, but that should have been a penalty, and it wasn't, and they cost Miami the services of Tyreek Hill for about half that game and
0: probably cost them the win, quite honestly, because they, they probably – are a lot more yeah, how efficient. You, how you missed that call was a little bit disturbing. And then, you know, you go to the Jaguars game on the Parker Washington touchdown throw, I believe it was, where there was uh, two guys offsides. And uh, because they, th- they were trying to say that Brandon Sheriff was false starting, which he wasn't. He wasn't doing anything even close to simulating a snap. He was actually just where he's in a two point, he turns and looks at the quarterback. And then once the, you know, Trevor says, okay, we're ready to go. He touches Fortner in the hip to snap the ball. Well, they, you know, uh, jump off sides thinking that Fortner, or excuse me, that uh, sheriff's ball started, they're standing in the neutral zone and then everybody is standing around kind of going what's going on. And the officials don't throw the flag when they're standing in the neutral zone. I mean, come on, do, yeah. do, your, do your job. I mean, it's, very apparent and plain as day that it's off sides and they didn't even call it for whatever reason i don't know well you got that and then you got andy reed saying
2: that it's an embarrassment to the nfl it's
0: embarrassing and andy said
2: that i mean it really was and yes. i think they realized and i got a lot of respect for andy so, so do i right and and i feel like as tony talked about they're two and four in their last six i feel like like everything's been smooth sailing yeah, for frustrated. Kansas City, right? They yeah. they play nothing but home games in the postseason. They're realizing what life is yeah. like for the other 31 teams right about now, and they are getting frustrated. Yeah. I think that's a big. And part by the of way, it. you
3: can go back and look at that play again, and it was obviously the right call on Kadarius Tony. Totally, he's obviously offside. Jawan Taylor was illegally lined up on the play again, right? Like they could have called that. it on him. Imagine
2: that. Like- let's save that for the postseason, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> let's wait and uh, use that at the proper time. Let's go to uh, Santiago in Texas. Santiago, you're on Jaguars today. Go ahead, please. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, I was just wondering. Uh, well, let's play GM, and I was wondering, would you guys re-sign Calvin Ridley, or would you guys uh, cut him? And you know. If you're looking to draft or see if you can pick up another uh, receiver um, because he's not remembering his route. Um, no, thank we you got for you. Your time. We got you. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I think that's the first time we've heard you call the program. So thank you for listening and, and calling. I've had several people submit something like that as it's, Sure. It's, it's, and
0: it's, it's a very fair question. Yeah. Uh, because it's a question that's going to be asked, uh, I'm sure, by uh, coaches and ownership and the general manager and and discussed You know, after the season. Uh, I would say right now, uh, if you've got everybody else coming back, I would say no. Uh, the reason that I would say no is just because he's, he's very similar in skill set to Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk is more dependable. And so I, I would have a, a my leaning would be let's let's find a way to allocate those resources for a guy that has something that we don't have. T. Higgins, which is speed.
2: Oh, speed. All right, what, what about size?
0: Speed or size.
2: Right. Give me. Give I mean, me H-
0: Higgins has shown he can get – I don't know what
2: he runs in the 40, but he seems to get deep, right? Like, yeah. he seems to be an effective deep
0: ball player. Mike Evans, another guy who's going to be a free agent. Now, look – well, I, I like – look, I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way. I like Calvin Ridley. Sure. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I want to see more consistency out of him – and more reliability out of him before we start having a conversation, do we consider bringing him back? And a big part of this, too. Now,
2: there are different ways you could do it. You could maybe reach an agreement with Josh Allen and franchise Calvin Ridley if you wanted to go that route. But, you know, in terms of not giving up the second-round pick, because that's a consideration as well because it's not just – it's what's he going to want in terms of market value
0: and then – Well, explain to people what the what the well, draft pick – Payments gonna have to the, be the based compensation
2: on right now is base is a third round pick for Calvin Ridley that the Jags are gonna owe uh, because it was first it was a fourth but then if he suited up for the team it would be a third and then if he signed a multi year extension it would be a second as the second piece of compensation going so that's what's hanging in the balance so they at least owe him the third next year now if they were to sign him to a long term extension before the draft. That would bump up to their second-round pick next year that they'd lose to the Atlanta Falcons. Now, people that follow the team and cover the team have suggested to me that they could franchise him, give up the third, and then sign him to a long-term deal after the draft, and that would get out of the necessity to give up the higher pick.
0: But it's a complicating factor yeah, in all of this. Performance-wise right now, you're, you're not – you're not looking at saying, hey, look, let's just go ahead and slap franchise tag on him right, and right. work on a, on a multi-year deal. I mean, for for that, you've got to have consistency, reliability, dependability, and performance. And, you know, the numbers and the consistency haven't been there yet. And like I like him again, and maybe he works towards that here in the last four games and in the playoffs because he, that would be great. It'd and be and good if, for the team. Right. And if he does,
2: it could be a situation where maybe you'd just franchise tag him, draft a receiver, and go, you know what, we'll bring Calvin back for this one year. One year. Right? And right. and then we'll get Parker Washington and a new receiver up to speed. Maybe Elijah Cooks develops a little bit more. And we got Zay and Kirk, and, and we got enough that way. Uh, but we've got a plan to roll on to the next generation. All right, Santiago, thank you for the call. Take a break here. Uh, we'll come back more with Jeff Logman, Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey. You're listening to Jaguars today on a Check the Tape Tuesday on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: Jeff Lagerman Tuesday is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. All right, in
2: what I'm sure was thought to be a gotcha moment on the text line, Design My Lifetime Enclosures. Don't rock the jukeboxes, Alan Jackson, that ain't George Jones. Yes, literally in the second line, he references how he wants to hear some Jones and mentions George Jones by name, his full name in the song, because he's singing about George Jones, and that was the reference. So, got me. Maybe? No, I don't think you did, actually. Good try, though. Appreciate <laughs> that. Everybody's out to get you. They're all out to get you. You dummy. That's Alan Jackson. All right. Uh, that's fantastic. All right. Uh, we got Jeff Lagerman here with us. Uh, let's go to Dave up in New Jersey at 641-1010 on the Alpera Roofing phone lines. Hello, Dave.
1: Hey, good morning. I'm just um, just calling uh, to say uh, also just quickly for Jeff. Um, I was wondering if he had any uh, thoughts on Antonio Johnson's play. I really, I really thought he had a great game. Also, I was going to say, um, if the Jags ever come to Philly, just I'll just say, tell Jeff Logg, just
2: send a message over the airwaves, and I'll bring some guys down to make sure that you don't have any issues in the
3: stadium. And also, one more thing, I also, also want to know if there was any, um, I don't want to say this because I'll never root for the Titans, but I, am I the only one who kind of rooted for them to get a win?
2: I
1: want them to get the worst possible draft position because I know they're not going to make the playoffs. So, I didn't root for the Titans, but I rooted for Miami to lose. So, that was it.
0: Yeah, I uh, appreciate it. Thank you, Dave, and uh, and I appreciate the offer of <laughs> making sure that uh, we are very safe wherever we go. Philly's
2: finest. Uh, Especially look, Philly. I, too, was rooting for the Titans last night. I don't mind rooting for the uh, Titans. Yeah. They can hurt the Jags. They, they help the Jags with uh, that.
0: One of the reasons why that I'm not afraid to root for the Titans in a game like that is because, first of all, uh, I love Mike Bravel, uh, friends with him, and I I got a lot of respect for him. I also know some of the coaches that he has on his staff. One of them he fired, and Craig Aukerman, their special teams coordinator, uh, but also Rob Moore, who was a teammate of mine when I was in New York. He's a Syracuse alum, was a heck of a wide receiver in the National Football League for many years. So you you root for those guys that you know, and uh, and especially last night being the underdog and against Miami. So I I don't have any uh, issue rooting for them. What was the other thing he asked? Antonio Johnson. Antonio Johnson. Go. and Thank New you. Thank you, pie. Pockets. Uh, <laughs> I thought he had an outstanding game, and he kind of split, ta- split time with Greg Jr. And this is a guy that uh, I said a lot of great things about back in training camp, and then he got hurt, and then he was on the shelf for a significant amount of time. And I, I remember correctly, it was a hamstring. And it was a pretty significant hamstring that he had. And – but when you watched him in training camp, he's got the body of a safety, but he can play nickel much like a Kyle Hamilton, his special teams performance. The guy can be a gunner, which he is. He does a great job of blocking gunners. He's just He just has a lot of talent everywhere across the board. And how in the world he lasted to where he did, which was, what, fifth round? Mm-hmm. I just – I'm shocked. I mean, this guy has – I'm talking top-end talent. Well, I
2: mean, people had said he's got, like, second-round talent. Um, and, At least. And, right. But that, that I think, was seen as kind of his floor, potentially. But we see it every year, man. How did yeah, so-and-so get somebody in the whatever round, you know? And hopefully the Jags maybe are, you know, with that, with Antonio Johnson and Parker Washington, will have a couple of late-round gems. Because, uh, quite honestly, over the years, haven't had that many of them.
0: No. No, and Antonio Johnson – Uh, look, this team, just like every team, you have tough decisions to make based on salary cap implications. And that's, unfortunately, uh, part of uh, the process of when you've got to evaluate your roster to figure out who's going to carry forward with you. And at the safety position, Cisco is going to be due for a contract here fairly soon. And Rayshon Jenkins is on a pretty significant free agent contract. And so you're going to try to figure out a way to end up Managing the the cap hit that you have at that position, and Winger got an extension this past off season, uh, but I believe that Antonio Johnson is uh, is your long term starter at safety eventually. I'm not saying now, and I think he's going to be a significant contributor the remainder of this season at the nickel position and also special teams.
2: Alex well, got this on uh, social media here from Miguel. This is a pretty general overall question. Why is there so much miscommunication on both sides of the ball this late in the season?
0: Great question. And, and that's something that uh, the coaches and Doug Peterson need to address and need to get answered and get it solved pretty quick if you're going to expect to have an impact in December and then also in the playoffs. Because if you if you continue to play with those type of mistakes, you're not giving your, yourself a chance to win. You're just, you're just not going to win. I mean, two, two areas I've got to clean up. Giving the ball away. Which, what are they, like 22 giveaways on the year, 20 or something? I mean, it's a, I just wrote it down. What is that number? 22 giveaways on the season. 22. Um, that's not a good number, obviously, but then you've got to clean up the communication errors. And the communication errors are on defense, much like we saw those three big plays in a ball game against Cleveland, but also the miscommunication between wide receivers
3: and quarterback or whoever. That's got to be cleaned up. We know we're not on the practice field every day. They are, right? They know whatever the issues are that they're trying to clean up week to week. We do know you have less time on field with players than you you have, say, 15 years ago in the league, right? So maybe 15 years ago you're having communication issues. All right, we're in pads today. We're in pads tomorrow. We're going to figure this out, right? You don't have those kind of options anymore. So much is put on the player's shoulders. You have to be ready, right, when you're called upon You have to be ready. So it feels to me from the outside looking in at this that the communication issues, I doubt the coaches are having issues communicating to the players what needs to be communicated on a play. It feels like the players are having issues communicating it to one another once they get on the field right now, which that's on the player. Right? like that, I don't put that on Caldwell. I put that on the player that's not getting the message to the well, next I put guy. It on,
0: I put it on everybody. Mm-hmm. I put it on the coach. Uh, I put it on the player. Um, and I don't like to go back you know, and say, well, you know, they're not on the field as much as they were you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Because the reality is, is that they're on the field a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have walkthroughs. They have practices. Now, the amount of contact has significantly changed than what it was you know, 15, 20 years ago. But the amount of reps that they get in the meeting time is pretty close to where it used to be. So I I don't think that that can be used as a reason for why it's not happening. I think it's just a matter of focus and concentration and dedication. Plain and simple.
2: Uh, Logs, another one here from Billy. I'll just kind of uh, paraphrase his question here. Najoku's long TD ran right by Devin Lloyd. Lloyd hesitated like he wasn't sure if he should go with him. Was he supposed to? He looks lost in coverage sometimes. I had a former Jaguar, defensive player, texted me during the game and said exactly that. Like, he
0: looks like It wasn't didn't... Devin Lloyd. It wasn't Devin no, Lloyd. No, it wasn't okay. Devin Lloyd. It was, it was a play-action run fake. And Foyer was the one who was smoking downhill to that right side of the defense. And when Najoku crosses, he's running a kind of a deep crossing route, he actually starts out in Devin's zone, but then he goes into what's going to be Foyer's zone. Foyer's already at the line of scrimmage Mm, and can't make up and turn around and and get back into that zone.
2: Well, let me ask you, I know you've said Devin Lloyd's been playing better recently, right? And uh, in terms of coverage specifically, have you noticed how well he's
0: doing this I thought he's been doing a pretty decent job. Now, the, the previous game against Cincinnati, he did not play well. That was not Devin's best game, but I thought this past game, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, again, that play there that that was on I thought foyer and just a simple zone coverage. Now you know the two other plays you know, because we're going to eventually get to them. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead sure. and, and talk about them. The first one was the Njoku touchdown catch on third and one, and uh, on that third and one in particular, you're playing essentially a goal line defense, and they're playing a goal line offense. They've got the extra offensive lineman in. In fact, one of the you got a lineman in as a tight end. You got a lineman in as a fullback in the backfield, which was Nick Harris, the, the center that eventually had to come in because of the injury to Posick, their center. Uh, and so you're playing an all out, stop it kind of goal line defense, and you're playing man. And you're bringing two guys off the outside edge. The guy on the right side is Ray Sean Jenkins coming off the outside edge. I can't remember who was coming off the left outside edge. So you need to have somebody covering the tight ends in man. And. That responsibility falls on defensive ends, just the way it works a lot of times in a goal-line defense. So you have uh, Smoot on the left side, who's got to make sure that that offensive lineman who's lined up as a tight end gets covered, doesn't get off the line of scrimmage. And then on the right side, you had Trayvon, who was lined up on the Joku, and he's got to pound him at the line of scrimmage so he can't get off and release into a pattern. So the best I can tell, that was man coverage, and that one was Trayvon. And he he kind of got sucked up into the line of scrimmage thinking that it was run, mm-hmm. which can happen. But when you're in man coverage like that, and he was sitting in a soft three-point stance to make sure that he was going to read the tight end, but he kind of goes into the tackle a little bit. The tackle grabs him. And uh, then when Trayvon realizes it's a pass and he tries to escape, it's too late at that point. And then the, the third one. The bell. To bell, you had a short motion from one of the wide receivers from the outside coming in. And you have two guys that have to communicate right there, and that's Darius Williams and Sean Jenkins because it's man coverage. And so you got to communicate because when the guy on the outside motions in, is it going to change or not change your responsibility on who you're covering? So there was a communication issue there because both guys ended up chasing the shallow crosser, and then Bell slips in behind. Mm-hmm. And when Darius sees that, oh, no, I went to the same guy that Rayshawn did, Darius tries to – Turn and when he did, that's when he slips. Right. And in our broadcast, we said he slipped in the coverage. Well, in fact, he slipped after already making. Right. Bell was already. Maybe off that to was the his races, mistake. Probably. Maybe that yeah. was Ray But clearly, one of those two guys has to cover Bell. Uh, right. So, again,
2: communication. communication errors, right, which led to another yeah, so play. You,
0: so, you have, you know, the first one on the deep one in Najoku, that's just an awareness thing. You know, you, you got to say, hey, look, when, when you're covering a guy and man, especially when his name is Najoku. You're not playing the run, okay? On the second one, it happens. Play action, and uh, you got a linebacker that gets sucked up. You get
2: kind of caught in between, and right? And you're a you're no man's
0: because land. Because you go
2: chasing him, and they run it right at your spot, you know, and then people are going, hey, wh- what are you doing? Fourier
0: should have not have been as fast as he was on that one. On the first one. On, on, yeah. the, on, the, on the second touchdown on the Joker. On oh, the was, second one, okay. Yeah, he was way too fast. Way too fast. Devin Lloyd never even bit on it. Devin was standing right there pointing. So to do you there think, is that, and maybe that's what
2: people saw, like right. his reaction to uh-oh, but it wasn't his uh-oh. He
0: was trying to, like, like say, "foyer," you know, there he is. He's yours kind Pats of thing. Passing him off. Yeah. Quite,
2: quite frankly, that's why Check the Tape Tuesday is valuable, right? We, we can all see it, and uh, we're not all breaking down the all-22 version of it uh, to see whose responsibility. So, uh, you know, rather than uh, – just cast aspersions. Uh, nice to get that cleared up. So, all right, there you go. Appreciate the questions, though, and to keep them coming for Jeff Lagerman and all the many manners that we take those in. Halfway home on a Check the Tape Tuesday. This is Jaguars Today
1: on 1010XL 92.5 FM. The Tape Tuesday with Jeff Lagerman is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. Late. I got nothing for you on this one. Tony?
3: No idea.
2: <laughs> Who is that? Johnny Paycheck. Nice. Ah! You got old school. Old, old school. Right there. I love the old country stuff. <laughs> Who was the guy? I wasn't Johnny Paycheck. You ah. Story I read in the Baseball Digest when I was a kid. Um, let's see if I can Google him real quick um, Johnny Cash no it wasn't Johnny it wasn't a Johnny this guy played minor league baseball um uh, in the like the early sixties maybe it was the late fifties something along those lines and I don't know who it was and uh so he gets cut manager calls him in and gives him a bag of oranges right like hey as like a parting gift like hey kid best of luck here's some Florida oranges gets mm-hmm. cut uh Guy pulls out, had his old guitar strapped across his back. That was Charlie Pride. And, uh, you know, like, nice. like, you know, who knows? Maybe Charlie Pride would have kicked around the minors for 10 years and uh, never become the, the big the music star that he that became, he right? So yeah. you never know what life uh, one door closes, the other one's swinging open. Is
0: hopefully. there anything better than uh, this time of year than the classic country Christmas songs? Uh,
2: <laughs> some of them are not bad, actually. Yeah. Yeah, some of them are not Pretty bad. good. Yeah. Then not good. too bad. Uh I, I could to- I could tolerate Christmas music. I don't like it when it comes on like right after Halloween on some station. No, it's a little early. That's a little yeah. much for me. But
3: anyway. I grew up in a house where Christmas music started being played in July. I don't I don't care when they start <laughs> playing it anywhere. It doesn't bother me.
2: All right. Do we store? Yeah.
3: For real? Oh yeah, we'd have. Did you, did, it's not all the time, but we'd have Christmas music that started getting all played right, so around July. So if you July. had Christmas
0: music up in July, did you ever take down the Christmas lights? Oh, for sure. You did.
3: You, you put them up. You didn't put up the Christmas lights till maybe Thanksgiving Day after okay. you had done the thing. All like right. you, you didn't put them up for six months. But all and right. the tree doesn't stay up all year. That comes up, you know, after Thanksgiving as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, music well, okay. fine.
2: Uh, for I've said Tony knows this. I've said this for many times. My favorite uncle, growing up, lived in Brooklyn bachelor and he had a, a spare room he kept a fully decorated christmas tree and he wrapped a sheet around it all
0: year
2: <laughs> pull that bad boy out you know artificial tree take the sheet off i'm done for uh-huh. christmas it was great i thought that was fantastic <laughs> i really did i've learned my christmas cheer from that man uh god rest your soul stanley Pancannon all right uh lugs i i cannot um vouch for whether or not you're going to agree with the premise of all these questions, as we always say, but okay. I like to point that out. Like you showed us, hey, you in your film study, wasn't Devin Lloyd, it was Foye Oluwikian who was at I believe. some coverage, in your opinion. okay, yes. This one from Andy. Uh, why have the Jags been so averse to the middle of the field this year? What perceived advantage do they see running plays outside the hashes and or what weaknesses do they have that prevents them from running more routes towards the middle of the field?
0: Well, I mean, Evan Ingram's got 84 catches and his – Basically, his existence yeah. is in the middle of the field. So I don't quite understand the, the premise of we don't utilize the middle of the field. I feel like Kirk gets a lot of his action. Christian Kirk is make, makes a living on the interior of the field as well. Um, so, yeah, I don't quite understand that.
3: Yeah, all right. I just seeing if that jibed with yeah. you or not. Do they run Calvin Ridley more exclusively outside? Well, he's an ex,
0: you know, which yeah. uh, for people that wonder, wondering, you know, there's uh, letters – there's a letter essentially attached to each wide receiver position. So you have the X and the Z, okay, in a two wide receiver set. The X is the split, and the Z is the guy that's off the line of scrimmage, and he's typically in motion. Uh, and then you have a third wide receiver that's in, in the slot area. Calvin's been running the X, which is kind of the split end position this year. So he's a little bit more on the perimeter, um, and – Really, in his history, he has had more of a role in what Christian has done. That's where he's been kind of really good. But he does both, you know. So, um, And at some point, I I would say that, and I was sitting there thinking this last week, okay, with the injury to Christian Kirk, do you think about moving Calvin Ridley to that position? But then after a very short period of thought, I said no, because he hasn't been – Dependable, reliable enough yet at the one position. So, if a guy can't master the one, then you're not going to think about moving him to another one.
2: Um, logs, this <laughs> not a question. See again your opinion on this uh, from Terrell. The offense, the offensive, excuse me, and defensive play calling absolutely stinks. <laughs> so okay. uh, that's a comment. Pete, uh, uh, look, this happens anytime. The jag struggle, and I'm not saying it's unfair, but anytime, whatever side of the ball you're struggling on, the coordinator needs to be fired.
0: Well, it's a great, it's a, it's an easy reaction. Okay,
2: well, how this? Here we are, pretty deep into the season. What kind of job are Press Taylor and Mike Caldwell doing in, based on the raw material that they have to work
0: with? I think they're both of these guys are are doing a fine job, and could they be better? I think you can always be better, um, but if you look at kind of how they're managing both sides of the ball. There's always room for improvement, but overall I think they're doing a good job. You know, we're very quick, I think, to focus in on the negative. You know, offensively, okay, they're turning the ball over more than they should. They're not running the ball as effectively as you'd like to see them do, but look, they're also – Trevor's having one of his best years as a pro, arguably his best year, and – uh, the time of possession with a passing offense is way up there. So, I mean, there are some positive. The number of points that this offense is scoring has been very high. Defensively, number one in the league in takeaways, one of the top teams that stop in the run. Uh, they were one of the best teams on third down in the National Football League, and they've fallen down a couple ticks on that. But, I mean, look, there's a lot of positives that this team is doing. And you know, a lot of times when, when the team has two losses, people are quick to jump off the bandwagon a little bit and start saying, fire that guy, fire that guy, bench that guy, bench that guy. Well, look, it's, you know, again, just like what we talked about at the very beginning of the show, just like what happened last night. Miami got beat by Tennessee. There's teams and parity in this league that is just, it's going to happen. And sometimes you just got to be able to say, okay, look, this is our football team and and it is what it is right now. And hopefully they can get a little bit better and down the stretch here to get something going in the playoffs. But, no, I don't think you sit there and say, let's fire the coach, fire the coach, fire the coach. I'm not one of those guys. Yeah,
2: no, I no, I believe in firing were. coaches
0: at the end of the season when it's warranted. Right, and I don't <laughs> think
2: they're even saying that, right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that's why I wanted to ask you how you felt. Like, I wasn't suggesting you would say, let's step in and make a major change like that right now. That's, you know, for teams that are in catastrophic areas. I mean, Mike Caldwell, both of these guys have done enough this year. By the way, again, Press Taylor, you know, people love to talk about the coordinators. but. Cleveland was averaging, giving up like 11 points at home going into that game. Mm-hmm. And they've been one of the best teams. To, to statistically, they're the number one team defensively in the national football league in terms of yardage allowed per game. And the Jags put up 27 on the road.
0: You know, 27 without, with a fourth team left tackle and, and without your best wide receiver. Right. And no run game. And no no run, and no game.
2: run game to speak of, uh, certainly in the second half. And
0: a quarterback that had a high ankle sprain.
2: By the way, did, did Cleveland do something different in the second half? Like, Etn. Was 10 for 42 in the first half. He was four for negative seven in the second half.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it was so much him as I, I think the offensive line just got beat a couple times. You know, you, the, mm-hmm. early in the second half, you remember that might have been the first or second play of, of the second half, and all of a sudden you had a, a rush gain for like minus five or minus six. You know, you just got blown up up front, and it just didn't get better. I mean, they, just, they were getting beat up front, you know, and, and – you know, they were able to catch the Cleveland Browns a little bit off guard, I think, in the first half with some of that quick snap and where Cleveland wasn't even lined up, and and so that was good. And it was getting, it was getting ETN out on the perimeter, and then all of a sudden Cleveland tightened up and then shut that down pretty quick.
2: Well, I think listening to Doug Peterson yesterday, uh, there is some cautious optimism they could have Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland both up this week. It looks like.
0: Well, and you know, I'm look, I just to go to the to that for a second because. You know, they moved Ezra to left tackle. I've always been, and and look, I'm not saying my thought process is the right way, but there's kind of two ways to think of it. When you have an injury with one position, do you move a guy to cover for that injury, and essentially what you're doing is weakening two positions somewhat, or do you just address the injured position? Um, I probably would have just said, "Hey, leave Ezra Cleveland at guard." because he's the best interior player that we've got. And then since you're going to be helping the left tackle out anyway, because it's what, the, the, one of the best edge players in the game today, and, just, and so you're going to help Blake Hans out, right? So I would have put Blake Hans at left tackle, and then just helped him out a bunch. You know, I, I will say I wasn't very happy about ETN's chipping help at the left tackle. He's got to be better. You know, I mean, he's got an opportunity to literally put the fear of God in one of the best edge players or any edge player, for that matter, when you get the opportunity to chip and it's not happening. Mm. You've got to be able to put that fear in that pass rusher that every time he comes off, because trust me, I've been there. Eric Bannaby put his helmet in my ribs one time, and I can tell you I slowed down the rest of the game because I I knew if, You're he, if for he flashed, yeah. uh, he's, here he comes. And – you got to be able to have a little bit of that, I think, when you have a situation like that, because Miles Garrett's arguably the best player, but he's human. He's human. When you, when you whack him, he's going to slow down a little bit. And he's going to think about it the next time.
2: All right, more with Jeff Logman on a Check the Tape Tuesday. If you've got questions or comments, send them in on the Ultra Roofing phone lines, text line designed by Light Tommy Closures, social media, YouTube chat, whatever you like and we'll pass those along, and we'll continue the conversation straight ahead on 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
1: Jeff Lockerman Tuesday is brought to you by Mr. Sparky of the First Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. Sounds vaguely familiar.
3: Pretty paper. Oh, that's Willie. Pretty ribbons of blue.
0: Wrap your presents. Yep, it's a to Christmas really song. a little Christmas tune. Yes, it is. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I must have tricked myself because I don't know if I've ever heard
1: Pretty this. Pencils. Oh, this is on the playlist at Why home. Oh, it's a great. Since so July, <laughs> every
2: now Which and then since <laughs> <It's> July. <laughs> all right, uh, you want some good news on the Jags logs? What does PFF have to say about Ross Matisic?
0: It's kind of interesting. He is the number number one rated special teams player in the National Football League.
2: That's interesting, right, like yeah. doing his job. I saw him down
0: covering again. Had two tackles in that game. Yeah. Did a great job. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the uh, the numbers are this week, but his rating in PFF and ratings are basically 0 to 100. And his rating is a 92.6. And if you compared him to others at other positions, so, like, who would be at, like, a 92? The elite players in the league. Um Micah Parsons, uh, Nick Bosa, you know, those type of mm-hmm. players are the guys in the league that have ninety two ratings. So uh Matisic is the uh the Nick Bosa, the Micah Parsons of special teams. Good for him, man. You know what? Yeah. I
2: mean it's it's important. It's obviously I'd rather have a, a Micah Parsons type ninety two rated player, but that's okay. I mean <laughs> Me too. you congrats for doing your job to the utmost of your ability right yeah, there. Yeah,
0: give you an idea like uh and receiving, okay. 92, and again, Ross is a 92.2. If you looked at all the positions around the National Football League wide receivers, tight ends, running backs that are all receivers, the guys that are a 92 or above, there's only two of them Ayuk with the 49ers and Tyreek Hill. Wow. So Matisic is up there in that category.
3: Mm. Good for him, man. Uh, well, so he should be a number one receiver? He should get yes. paid. He should be a paid. <laughs> he's going to get big <laughs> He's, <gonna get, laughs> he's, he's got to get paid.
2: Uh, well, you know, that's comparing him to guys around the rest of the National Football
0: League. I wonder if there's a franchise tag value for long snappers. There has to be, doesn't
3: there? I don't know. Would I mean, he technically be a tight end? Might be. Like, I don't know how yeah. they categorize I mean, they're never going to yeah. franchise tag a no, long snapper, no. but, you know.
2: It's curious. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever seen one.
3: Yeah. Like, you'd have to give him a, a position center? designation. Right, he's an offensive yeah.
2: lineman. Maybe. He gets locked in, and then he gets left tackle money. Yeah. <laughs> so, all <laughs> right, let's take him. a look around the rest
1: of the NFL. Now, gems around the NFL
3: brought to you by Beach's Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. Baltimore safety Kyle Hamilton is considered week to week after suffering a grade one MCL sprain on Sunday. Ravens head coach John Harbaugh said Monday that Hamilton still has a chance to play on Sunday night here in Jacksonville. The Indianapolis Colts are signing offensive tackle Jared Valdir, who has not played since 2020, to their practice squad. He's coming out of retirement to return there with the Colts. Cleveland offensive tackle DeWan Jones suffered a knee injury that will require surgery, and he suffered that injury on Sunday. He will miss the rest of the season. Pittsburgh has ruled out quarterback Kenny Pickett for their Week 15 game against Indianapolis on Saturday. Head coach Mike Tomlin named Mitch Trubisky as their starter for the second week in a row. And linebackers T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith are both in the concussion protocol there for the Steelers. And Washington linebacker Jamin Davis will miss the remainder of the season with a shoulder injury, likely to have surgery later this week.
2: All right, thank you, Tony. I got this one, Logs, uh, on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Quinn in Atlantic Beach asks, are we showing our blitz too early in the play clock? I feel like... Browning and Flacco identified the blitz, shifted protection, and attacked the void created.
0: Well, yes. Well, no. I, I think at times that uh, that we can be a little bit more creative with what we do with our blitzes. But uh, are they showing it? No, I don't think so because, uh, look, uh, Antonio Johnson would beg to differ. You know, Joe Flacco never even saw him, never even knew he was coming, and the Jaguars basically were at the line of scrimmage showing it. Uh, with six guys, and Antonio Johnson wasn't showing it because he was the nickel and came off the edge and surprised the hell out of them. Uh, So, no, I don't think they're showing it too much. I mean, no more than anybody else. And that's one of the reasons why offenses end up using all those dummy counts to where you'll see all of a sudden, like the the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence and Brandon Sheriff, like the uh, one play that uh, Parker Washington touched down and they were trying to say that Sheriff was offside, they'll – Sheriff will touch the center and then line up like he's getting ready to snap. And then all of a sudden that really was just fake, you know, because they're trying to get the defense to declare or show something. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do it again. So, I mean, that's – you know, offenses do a really good job. And that's one of the reasons why they, the offenses preach about getting to the line faster so that they can sometimes get the defense to show their hand better because they can go through some of those false snap counts.
2: Uh, logs, uh, we saw Trevor Lawrence – Get very demonstrative with Calvin Ridley on that in-cutting route. David Garrard broke it down yesterday. Ridley definitely should have been uh, taking a look back there. And, and he ended up, Trevor Lawrence throws it where Ridley, if he just turned, would have been, but he ran right past the spot. Didn't even look. Didn't look. The other one, the deep ball on the outside, you think Ridley didn't perform very well on that either.
0: Yeah, the one that was in the red zone, Trevor was very upset. And it was, you could, you could point at his eyes, like, look at me. Like, yeah, like, what are you doing? Right. And uh, that was very clear that he was expecting Calvin to be at the spot where he threw it, where it ended up getting intercepted. And, you know, Calvin, for whatever reason, wasn't even looking, assuming the ball wasn't going to come his way. The interception on the deep ball down the boundary, where Calvin was the intended receiver, something kind of similar. He's running a vertical route, and when he's running the vertical route, comes off with speed, and then he kind of bends it to the outside, and then wants to, you know, garner more speed. And when he sees that the defensive back is playing way over the top, he he, he takes it back a couple gears, you know. Well, Trevor is under pressure. Trevor is under pressure, and so his thinking, I think, on this play is: look, I'm going to get smoked here, and I've just got to get rid of it. So I'm going to get rid of it somewhere where I'm going to give my guy a 50-50 chance with the ball. In a perfect world, if Trevor had the time, he might have just thrown a back shoulder to Calvin if Calvin continued to press the vertical. But again, I said Calvin took it out of gear. And so when Trevor launches it, Calvin looks and like, oh, no, the ball's in the air. Now he tries to put it back into high gear, and he can't get there. And then the ball's intercepted, where if he was in high gear – Probably could have contested the ball so that it wasn't intercepted, or things could have been great. maybe he catches it on a 50-50 ball. but I um, put both of those on Calvin.
2: and you had the um, the play where Trevor threw the touchdown to Parker Washington, right? Yeah, and, that was a bad decision. well, <laughs> it, it worked, but Calvin immediately at the snap, turns and starts arguing with the referee. Have you seen that?: Yeah, like I mean,
0: you got to You got to play the, the down. You can't you can't worry about anything that's going on.
2: Right, I mean he literally took himself out of the play immediately.
0: Right. Like he just It's a free he, down if if they are off sides, okay? Play it the, out and maybe, let the officials call it because it's a free down, so you got to go, man. So when you say he made the wrong decision, what should he have done? No, I mean Calvin made the wrong decision. Oh, Calvin made the yeah. wrong decision. I mean, okay. You got to go. I mean, yes. it's you know, it's, hello. I mean, right. free down. I let's thought you're saying Trevor had somebody would no, have been no, no, a much no. easier, lower degree of difficulty no. play. No. Parker like Washington, I, I thought, by the way, besides the fumble, which as a, as a receiver, you know, if you go back to the Indianapolis Colts, when they had arguably one of the best receivers in the league at the time was Marvin, Marvin Harrison. He did a great job, but once he made the catch, he realized that, look, uh, live to fight another day. Get down. Get down. Tory Holt
2: and Isaac Bruce made a career out of it. Absolutely.
0: And I think Parker Washington is, you know, he's a big, strong receiver and sometimes when you've got a whole gang of guys, defenders around you, just go down. Yeah. And he tried to fight for a few extra yards, which I respect, and uh, he ended up losing the ball. So two things there, either learn to get down, or number two, protect the ball if you're going to fight for those extra yardage with two hands on the ball. But I thought Parker Washington played a better game besides that fumble than he did the previous week, which is, uh, I like him. I think he's a good player.
2: All right, uh, more with Jeff Loggman. One more segment to go. Check the tape Tuesday. Still time for you to get in with a pointed question or comment about your Jacksonville Jaguars, and we'll throw those along to Jeff and uh, wrap things up here before we hit the top of the hour. XL Primetime coming up. At noon with Tony Smith, Jeff Logman, and Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey. Keep it right here on Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: I was toting my pack along the dusty Jeff Langevin, a a road. Jeff Loggeman, Tuesday. Is brought to you when by... Mr. Sparky of the First the Coast, your on-time electrician on 1010XL. A a me, you can Even I recognize Johnny Cash. So the man I in black right right yeah. settle down inside. All right, uh, Jeff Loggeman he here. Check the tape Tuesday. So dust and sand, and I said... Listen, I've traveled what is that every road Gonna in let the it go. I've
2: been, I've been everywhere, man. Everywhere, man. Ah. You knew it. You just kind of. It's one of those. I know what's coming, but I don't know what's coming.
3: <laughs> it's been a while.
2: Yeah. All right, uh, Logs. Let me ask you. This is just a question Mike in Jacksonville asks, meaning me. Um, I, got a, I got a story
0: for music to tell you in a minute. Oh, well, tell us
2: that first. It'll be more interesting than so, uh, anything
0: I So I. Can because it's a totally cool story. I, I, I go to the Jets. Okay? I'm a 21-year-old, fresh-out-of-college guy. Okay. And, uh, you know, every team has a video department. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the video department back in those days, much, much smaller than what it is today because with analytics and the way they break film down and everything. So it was a two-man department with the New York Jets. And there was two guys. Uh, one guy's name was uh, Jim Ponds. The other one was John Sider. And as I got uh, to know these guys, uh, (laughs) pretty cool, Jim Ponds and John Sider were both with the Turtles. And Jim Ponds actually lives down here now. And Jim was one of the original members of the Turtles when they had that song, So Happy Together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also played with Frank Zappa and the Mothers. And then uh, John Sider played with them also after that hit song, but then was with Spanky and the... And the, and, the, and the gang and, and other. We had some incredible music sessions after work at the bar with Jim. Jim was had uh, quit drinking at the time and, you know, cleaned up his act. But John still would have a few drinks. And we'd go to a bar, and all of a sudden he'd get behind a piano and start just jamming. Mm. And so it's cool. Just a random yeah. story. But, I mean, two guys from the Turtles, I mean, one of the greatest songs in our rock history that these guys were a part of. And they were our film guys with the Jets. Maybe we need a small uh,
2: band in here on Tuesdays.
0: Jim actually plays uh, with a bluegrass band here in our area now.
2: Pockets, make it happen. (laughs) All right. I'll uh, call my boy T-Mag. I'm sure you will. Uh, All right, Logs, (laughs) let me ask you, um, late in this game, uh, two very curious decisions, to say the least. Uh, I want to say – 414 left. Trevor Lawrence runs for a seven yard gain. It's fourth and three. Tick, 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 tick. Timeout with 334 remaining. Yeah. So, first off, you let the clock run down to 334. Yep. Decided to call a timeout. You're,
0: yeah, not, not what you wanted.
2: You're already in your field goal range for Dustin Hopkins, who hasn't missed from beyond 50 this year. What did you make of the decision to go for it?
0: Well,. I was okay with it going for it for fourth and three. Now, if it were like fourth and seven, fourth and eight, I would have been a little bit hesitant because my fear there is that we're not going to get the ball back. Even though we have two timeouts at that point, we used one right there. It would have been nice in a perfect world that if you were going to go ahead and punt it, that you wouldn't have wasted that amount of time. You would have kept the three timeouts in your pocket, just punted it yeah. away and played defense. So, totally get it. Um, I'm just one of those guys that look uh, – we we've had that moment before this year when you expected the defense to get a stop, and I can't remember the game, and we didn't get it. But they had on like three of the previous four Cleveland possessions. Yeah, they did a great job,
2: right? Stopped them. stopped
0: them and doing a great job. So I totally understand both sides, the defense, but I, I'm not going to criticize that one just because I can see why you would make that decision because fourth and three with Trevor Lawrence and Evan Ingram. I wish Evan was the primary on that, not so much Zay, and Zay ended up getting doubled with the safety buzzing down. Evan was running a route that was just a little bit longer developing. I would have liked to have seen him be the primary.
2: Yeah, I mean, if at the 50, sure. I just – I didn't – because if you don't yeah, make they're,
0: it – right in field goal range because they gain one yard they gained and they kick the field goal. Like half a yard, yep.
2: kick the field goal, and it's like yeah, it's, at that point it's impossible.
0: I'm not going to argue like – yeah. You know, seriously, uh, saying, hey, he made the right call. Right. So I mean, it's debatable. I, I hated that one. It's debatable, right? and, and and I could understand it. So, Jags do score, cut it to
2: four, mm-hmm. and I, I get the idea. Like, last night, Tennessee cuts it to eight. You go for two because you know you're going to need a touchdown either way, yeah. right, if you get the ball back, and they did. They made the two, so now the extra points to win the game. Mm-hmm. So, I I get it in that kind of circumstance. But here the Jags are down four, and they go for two. I didn't like that. If we, right, if we get it back, we're going to kick the field goal. You're, you're still going to need to score, and you're going to have a lot of time. Like, if they got the onside kick, there was actually like a minute and a half left, and you could go down and still get the touchdown exactly. and win the game even if you're down three. I, exactly. I
1: just,
0: I, it made no sense to me. Yeah, this one, and, and I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of that call. Uh, but again, I could I could understand the mindset of hey, you know, if we get the onside kick, we get down, we kick a field goal, we win the game. Okay, I understand that. But the part that I don't like about that is that okay, if you miss the extra point, okay, conversion, the two point conversion, it takes a little bit of energy out of your sales. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if you just kick the extra point. You're trying the onside kick. If you end up being successful, which is very rare in the National Football League now, anymore. yes, I wish they would come up with another way. To they do know that. what
2: the way is. Logs make it a fourth and whatever. That you know they say fourth and thirteen is the one that would match up percentage wise with the, like the old onside kick success rate. Right, make it whatever fourth and fifteen at your own twenty, but at least you'd feel like, hey, we might have a shot. We can complete a 16-yard pass. We're not going to recover an onside kick. It's the, almost
0: impossible. But the point that you made, Annette, okay, if you kick the extra point and it's a three-point game, you do the onside kick, you can still score a touchdown to yes, win it. Yes, you can still go for the win. Correct. Right. And, that, and so that, that one I, I wasn't a fan of. But the fourth and three, I understand. That. I hated them both.
3: And all the communication stuff rearing its head again when they're down 14 and they score the touchdown, they're going to go for two and they have to cut, take the delay a game instead of go for the two-point conversion. Now they're kicking the extra point. Like, right. it affects the end game situation too. They're not thinking about going for two when they're down four, whether you agree or disagree with the call to actually go. They're not doing that if they get the opportunity to go for the two-point conversion, especially if they make it. Yeah, Like, it's just those things have been – Big issues here for the last you know, few weeks.
0: Th- this offense and Trevor Lawrence have been, I mean, really good at not wasting time out because they haven't been able to get plays in or anything of that nature. I mean, one of the better teams in the league uh, as far as clock management goes. So uh, it's kind of hard to jump on them just because of that situation, uh, because they have been so good otherwise. But, you know, there are things that this team needs to clean up, you know, and Doug Peterson talked about, you know, beating yourselves and making sure that you're not doing that. I mean, that's all part of it, you know, getting as clean of a game as you possibly can because, you know, the reality is once you get towards the end of the season and into the playoffs, the teams that make the least amount of sta- mistakes are the ones that typically are going to win. Yeah. Because, I mean, teams are all good once you get in, but the ones that don't screw it up are the ones that have the best chance. So, at one point, the
2: Jags were playing this week without both safeties, top corner, nickel corner, right? I mean, just a wasteland. People are looking at Lamar coming in, playing well, getting ready to set a career high in passing yards. He's got the running ability, so he's going to be a big problem to deal with. Mm -hmm. Give me something that Baltimore says this is going to be a big problem to deal with. Like, what what do you look at if you're the Jags offensively, defensively, whatever, special teams-wise, that you think there's a clear – edge or maybe leaning in that direction?
0: Well, the biggest thing that Baltimore is is physical. I mean, they're physical on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Their offensive line is physical. Their defensive line is physical. Their front seven defensively is physical. Uh, It's going to be a big challenge. Uh, You know, when you add in a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who has taken his game to another level as a passer under Todd Munkin, wow. Wow. I mean, it's this is not an easy task. He's got some wide receivers finally. He does. You know,
2: OBJ's with, playing well now.
0: Yeah, and, and Bateman's a good player. And Save then you've Flowers got the rookie. Is, yeah. It's exciting. Uh, you've got a couple running backs that are all running well. And, yes, they lost Andrews, who was one of the top three, four tight ends in the National Football League. But Isaiah likely just had a monster game. He is a super athletic freak. Like, he is, he's an
2: athletic freak like Chigakonkwo is, but I think he's a much more developed receiver at this stage of his uh, career, you know, had a big game.
0: Yeah, and their, their offensive line is really good. I mean, with Stanley. So, so Alex, I'm asking for an area Moses. where the Jags have an edge here. You're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not telling me that. <laughs> I, I'm hearing. I'm challenging hearing... game, Mike. Okay. Challenging game.
2: All right. Um, I, I think it will be as well. But you know what? I, I doubt Miami expected the uh, Titans to beat them. Or many people expected that to happen.
0: The Rams took them – I mean, put them on the ropes. Right. I mean, the Rams had them down. Now, I mean, they were going to win the ball game, and it's like, okay, close that book. And then the Ravens were able to fight back. But, I mean, here's the one thing. I didn't expect the Rams to run the ball as successful as they did against the Ravens. So, look, they just showed that it's possible. And they showed that with a talented passer – and a couple good performances by the wide receivers because Nakua and uh, Cup. Cup, I mean, had outstanding games in production for the Rams, and the Rams nearly had them. And the Rams are looked upon as you know a team that's not very good, and and they they gave Baltimore all they could handle.
2: Well, they had the ball, needing only a field goal in overtime. They stopped them on the initial drive, and they just couldn't do anything with their own. And then right. the, the punt return. Uh, cinched it. All
1: right, uh, we'll wrap up with
2: Jeff Logman here momentarily. Let's say hello to XL Primetime.
1: Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Um, Mia O'Brien is here with us. Hello, Mia.
4: Hello. How are we doing?
2: Eh, We're fine. You know, we don't have to go line up and play the Ravens on Sunday night, so we'll be okay. Um, What do you guys have coming up on the program today?
4: Oh, well, I will tell you this. We have Coach Campo coming in at 2, and he did text me last night, boys. If you ever question how tough it is to win in this league, tonight is the example with these two games. You can't count on any win in the NFL. So maybe that gives you some hope and solace for Sunday. Maybe.
2: I, I'm Possibly. sorry, I cannot get past the New York Giants hat that
0: you're wearing right now. Uh, this is
4: supporting my Italian-American heritage. I found it in the back of the closet this morning as I was getting What the is elf. the
0: logo on the side? Oh, it's the Giants. New York What Giants. does that have to do with your heritage?
4: Tommy DeVito. It's, it's a Giants. Tommy DeVito. He's one of us. Went to Don Bosco prep, <laughs> North Jersey's own. I'm from New Jersey. I know it's a common misconception. Okay. I'm from Iowa. I only worked there. Um, Three in
3: a row for Tommy.
4: Yeah, listen, it's a great story. If nothing else, they will make a movie about his life one day um, mm-hmm. to bring it, you know, a little closer to home. I get that same like when Stetson led Georgia the way that he did under, you know, from a walk on to leading them to back to back national championships. I'm not saying the Giants are going to the playoffs. I don't think they are. But it is a fun story, a, a Linsanity, if you may. We had our own with Minshew Mania once upon a time here, so mm. yeah, I'm happy that at least, you know, they have something to cling to, and you can't deny, Jeff, that touchdown he threw last night, I mean, that was on a freaking mm. roll. Very
0: had, had a good performance, and he, uh, his mobility was impressive.
4: Yeah, and I don't yeah. think they were expecting it, and a lot of Giants writers were commenting it was the same exact thing they did against the Packers in London last year.
0: His mom was making his bed as we speak. <laughs>
4: Making Frying uh, frying up some chicken cutlets, too. Somebody
0: was making my bed.
2: It'll be in the same state when I get home as it was when I got up this morning. But that's how I like it. All right, uh, Mia, have a good show. Thank you. All right, XL Prime time for the next three hours. Logs, where are we going to catch you for the next uh, few days?
0: Uh, same as usual. Thursday, we have happy hour and then a Doug Peterson show. And then that night, we have Jaguars all-access, outdoor show Saturday morning, and then Sunday night football, which will be nice. We all can sleep in a little bit on Sunday, watch some football before we head down to the stadium for Sunday night football.
3: Right.
0: hmm You don't like the night
2: game. Give me one o'clock kick. Yeah. Give me <laughs> 9.30 kick on Monday. every week. Yeah, yeah no,
0: I get it. I get it. Uh-huh. But I-, I will say, as a player, Monday nights are more special than Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Just because everybody's watching, you know, on Sunday nights, a lot of teams are, you know, are returning from wherever they were yeah, playing yeah. at, or They're half dead, or you know, <laughs> By the time yeah, they get it's home, kinda, yeah, kind of, kind of like okay, but uh, but yeah, Monday nights are a little bit more special, but still, Sunday nights bring something special to the table because you, know, you grew up playing under the lights Friday night, you know, high school football, which makes the game special, and it kind of takes you back to some of those moments.
2: All right, well, logs. Uh, let's hope we, uh, you know, will be an upset because the Ravens are favored. But let's hope we're talking about the uh, Jags getting back in the winning path next week. Knocking on wood. All right, uh, there he goes, Jeff Logman on a check the tape Tuesday. We are done for Tony Smith, Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey. Tomorrow, Johnny O will swing by and uh, we'll get you all squared away. For those in the Jaguars today, uh, fantasy leagues playoff brackets should be set up. Uh, As I conferred with Tony, as we've done over the last several years, last playoff spot goes to the team outside the top five who had the most remaining points. That didn't shake up a whole lot, but uh, just be aware of that, and uh, we'll move on. All right, Mm -hmm. Wednesday's approaching. That'll do it for us. XL primetime on the way on 1010XL 92.5 FM.